Um, Genesis 2, verses 4 to 14 says this. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth, for the Lord God had not yet sent rain to water the earth. And there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east and there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees growing up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. That sounds good to me, delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and then dividing into four branches. And the first branch called the Pishon flowed around the entire land of Havilah where gold is found. The gold of that land is exceptionally pure. Aromatic resin and onyx stone are also found there. The, the second branch called Gion flowed around the entire land of Cush. And the third branch called the Tigris flowed east of the land of Ashur. The fourth branch is called the Euphrates. Let me ask you a question as we start this message. What do you think determines what you get? So, sorry, take your time. It's mine. How's that? Mine? Well, what are you doing with it? Put it away. Do you know, it's always my fault. Can we cut that bit out of the recording, please? Do you know, I had it all set, the start and the beginning and everything. What are you doing with my phone? Put my phone down. Put it away. Make notes on your own phone. Um, What do you think, let's try that again. What do you think determines what you're going to get from this weekend, from this meeting, from even from the worship, from this message? What do you think determines what you're going to get from this? What is it? What is it that determines it? What is it that decides what you're going to get? What is it that does it? Bible says... Jesus himself said, seek and you will find, ask and it will be given to you, knock and the door will open. I want to encourage you right at the beginning, we're mentioning, you'll notice about notebooks and coming to church prepared. Listen, here's the thing, right? You will get what you are looking for. 
You will get what you are looking for, okay? You, you will get, maybe you might go away and be like, oh, you know what? He was a bit too loud for me. Or you know what? He was a bit too quiet for me. Or the worship was too loud. Or the worship was too quiet. Or it was this, or it was that, or it was the other. You will get what you are looking for. You'll get what you're looking for. So what are you looking for? Are you looking for what God's got to say to you? What is the quality of your life? Is your life exceptional like the gold in the river? Doesn't sound like there's anyone living an exceptional life in here. That's slightly concerning. I think my life's exceptional. Does that mean it's perfect? Does that mean I get everything right? No, I don't mean that but I believe my life's exceptional because I've made a decision to live an exceptional life and I am not prepared to take second best. And listen, I wanna tell you, right? Your attitude to this message will determine more than me what you get out of this message, right? Some of you sit there. In fact, I'm glad there's a a chair up here. Some of you will will sit there. You've maybe sat there in the message. You've maybe sat there in the sermon and you kind of sat there like that. Go on then. God bless me go on go on bless me go on I dare you do give it your best you ain't gonna bless me guess what he ain't gonna bless you do you get it he ain't gonna bless you he ain't gonna bless you your determination your determination to get something out of this message is in many ways more important. It's more powerful than me or anything I've prepared or anything like that. You get from God what you ask. You know, there's a great parable in the Bible and it's the, I was chatting with Paul about this, the parable of the unjust judge. Anyone know it? The parable goes like this. There's a woman, and, and I've, in fact, I probably could have read this. I'm just saying this off the cuff. So if I get it slightly wrong, go out and check it out and read it. Make sure I've got it right. But the gist of the parable is this. She's banging on the judge's door in the middle of the night, demanding justice. And the judge sends her away. He's like, go on, off you go. Off you go, woman. You're not getting any justice from me. It's the middle of the night. What are you doing banging on my door at three in the morning on your way? And she, but she won't go away. And he goes and shuts the window and she bangs on the door again. And he tells her to go away again. And she bangs on the door again. And in the end, in the end, the judge gives her what she wants. He says, in the, woman, have what you want. Have it have it you're hammering you're pestering me just have it and leave me alone and go away and you know the first time I read that parable I was saying to Paul the other day the first time I read that parable as a kind of brand new Christian reading the Bible for the first time and and I read it and I thought wow is that what God's like is that, is that what, is God saying that's what he's like? The kind of, he's getting a bit frustrated with us and he's like, just go away, I'm busy, I've got other things to do. No, 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 because Jesus said this, he says, if an unjust judge, if an unjust judge will give you what you want when you pester him, how much more, how much more your father in heaven who loves you, who loves you, Listen, if you're sat there like that, go on then, bless me. You ain't gonna get blessed, I promise you. Whereas if you're sat there like that, God, 
bless me. I am determined. I am hungry. How are you sat? Are you sat there on the edge of your seat? I don't mean necessarily literally, but are you kind of sat there with all, all casual and yeah, okay, yeah, you know what I mean? Just checking with text messages and oh look, there's a new update on Twitter and whatever, you know. If you sat there like that, you won't, don't expect to get anything from this meeting. But if, you're, if you've come with a determination with the determination to, to get what you want from God, to get what you need from God, I promise you, you will get it. I promise you, you will get it. God gives to those who, who, who go for it. What determines what we want is our attitude. You've got to look like you want to be blessed. You've got to look like you want God to bless you. You've actually got to sit there with an, an ex expectation. Do you ever amen when something great is said? Or do you just think, ah, what's the point in that? I'm, I'm a bit shy. I don't kind of need to say or say anything when I hear something good. Do you understand the point of why people say amen and, and why they go, yeah, that's it and that's great, that's really, really good. Do you know what they're doing? They're encouraging the preacher. Do you know what they're doing? They're encouraging themselves. Do you know what they're doing? They're encouraging God. They're encouraging God. Do you think we can encourage God? Absolutely we can. If Jesus gave the parable of the unjust judge to tell us that we need to, to kind of pester God almost, not because he's unwilling to give us what we want, but because he wants to see that determination in us. He wants to see it. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? It's your hunger and your thirst that determines what you want. So how? You say, well, all right, Barry, how do I get hungry? How do I get thirsty? You just get, you make a decision. It's a decision. Do you know what? I've had it. I'm, 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 I'm not prepared to live like this anymore. I am determined to get from God what I want. I have made a decision. And once you've made a decision, it's one of the most powerful things you can do in your life is to make a decision. Not sit there and go, I'm going to try. I'm going to try and do this. Because you know what you do then? What you're doing is you're giving yourself an acceptable reason to fail. What you're saying when you say, I'm going to try is you're saying, okay, I'm going to have a go at it. But then what I can say is later on is that, no, no, no. Well, I, I said I tried, didn't I? I said I'd try and it didn't work and that's okay. But when you make a decision, when you make a determined decision, there's suddenly no more excuses. You can't not do it anymore. God's not unwilling. So it's not God's fault. Can't blame the church. You can try and blame the church and say it's all of us. But here's the problem, right? You get what you're looking for. So if you come here and you're looking for the issues and you're looking for the problems and you're looking for the flakes on the wall and stuff like that, guess what? You'll see them. Anyone see the flakes on the wall now? Can you see them now? Guess what? You get what you're looking for. You're looking for them and now you can see them because you're getting what you're looking for. If you've come to hear from God and you've come to listen to him and, and see what he's got for your life, you'll get it. I haven't even started preaching yet. <laughs> come on. In fact, let, Matthew 8, 24. If you've got Bibles with you, I'm, Tracy's gonna put it up for you. Matthew 8, 24. In fact, before we read this, don't put it up yet, Trace. Make him wait that a little bit longer, just a, just a touch. Some of you, when, when you go through situations in life, how would you respond if you were suddenly made redundant? What would you do? Panic. Panic. Who shouted that? 
All right, that was, do you know what? That was exactly the answer I was looking for. Sorry to put you on the spot and maybe even slightly embarrass you. Is that all right, Jess? Panic, yeah, absolutely panic. Who would panic? You don't have to shout it out, but quite a few people in here would panic, yeah? Why would you panic? Why would you panic? Security, fear, it's none of those, none of those things. You panic in because you think it's the right thing to do. You're panicking because you watch too much EastEnders or Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> Come on, you sat there, you watch EastEnders, right? I don't watch EastEnders. I, must, I'm, I can't have watched EastEnders in 20 years, right? But is it Grant? Is he still in it? Anyone, anyone watch it? Is Grant still in it? What's the other guy? His brother, he's got a brother, Andy. Phil, Phil and Grant. So what happens? They get made redundant. Right, lads, let's go and beat someone up. Let's go and get drunk. And then we're going to go and kick someone's head in because that's what you do when you lose your job. Come on, come on. Or, or what do you do? Your friends say you've lost your job. Oh my goodness, you must be really worried. You go to your mum or your dad or your kids or whatever and they say, what are you gonna do? And you hear them and you think, flip, I must have to panic. Panic must be the right thing to do in this situation. Let's all panic. What am I gonna do? You're panicking because you think that's the right response. You're going on what you think is the acceptable response in the circumstances. Here's what you're doing. You're allowing others, you're allowing others to determine how you respond to life and its situations. Someone offends you. Someone upsets you. Someone says something horrible about you. Someone is, maybe they are, maybe they were genuinely horrible to you. So you go, well, I saw that on EastEnders and he went down the pub and he told everyone, I'm going to batter that person. I'm going to kick their head in. So what do you do? You go, yeah, I'm going to be dead aggressive. Or you get your mobile phone out and you start sending them nasty texts. Yeah? Why? Because that's what you're meant to do, isn't it? When someone upsets you, you're meant to kind of get back at them, are you? You're meant to kind of make sure an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. That's what you're meant to do, isn't it? That's what the world says you're meant to do. That's what the guys at work or the girls at work say they're meant to do. That's what you see them do. You see them get wrong and you think, well, I better do it, otherwise I'm gonna look a little bit stupid. Or you just don't know what to do. So you go, well, I'll do what everyone else does. Listen to this. Matthew 8, 23. I've not even really started yet, you know, honestly. Right, then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake, the waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. He's fast asleep. He's fast asleep. He's not even awake. It's a storm going off. Anyone know what happens next? Anyone know? Listen to this. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake, struck the, yeah, the lake, the waves breaking into the, into the boat. The waves are coming into the boat. I missed that bit off. I'm really hot on like not missing off a single word in scriptures. Sometimes you just brush over it and we miss off some of the most important bit. Think about this. The waves are breaking into the boat. I've only just spotted that into the boat. Does that sound like a bad storm? Does that sound like they're kind of sat there and they're getting splashed with water, hit with water? Does that sound scary to you? Sounds flipping scary to me. I probably shouldn't use that word, but hey, I'm getting passionate this morning because I want 100% out of this meeting. I want to give you 100% out of this meeting. Anyone want to get it? Anyone want to get everything? You need to get up on your feet. You need to get cheering. You need to get excited. You need to get vocal. You need to be speaking out. You need to be shouting back at me and all that kind of stuff. The disciples went and woke him up shouting. 
shouting. Did you hear that? Shouting. They weren't like, oh, oh Jesus, Jesus, Lord, we, we kind of need you. There's a storm. Come on, Lord, Lord. They're like, Jesus, Jesus, there's a storm. The water's coming into the boat. Help us, we're going to die. Do you reckon that's what it was like? Probably was, wasn't it? Come on, I'm, I'm doing my bit here. I'm doing my bit here. You're going to kind of join in. Is anyone going to join in with me here? Come on, thank you. That's it. Let's go. Let's have some of that. Come on. Shouting, Lord, save us. Save us. We're going to drown. Lord, help me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lose my house. I've just lost my job. Lord, I've just been to the doctor and he said, I've got, to, I've got this and, and that's it. I'm going to die. Lord, save me. Save me. Anyone? <laughs> Jesus responded, why are you afraid? I can only guess how he said it. I can't imagine he shouted back. I think that, I think that, that John would have put it in there. Sorry, Matthew would have put it in there if he'd have shouted back. Because he certainly got it right with the disciples shouting, didn't he? Didn't miss that bit out. I, I, I get the impression there's a calmness here. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? Have you thought about that? Why? Why are you scared? Why are you afraid? Why is this situation suddenly cause you to lose your peace, to panic, to go shouting at people, to go responding at people? Why? Why has that happened? Why has that happened? God's asking you this morning, why has that happened? What's caused it? What's the reason? What's the meaning of it? What do you expect to get by panicking and, and responding? What do you get, expect to get by kind of looking for the, the, you to lose your house, looking for the letters that are going to tell you your house is going to be repossessed? What do you expect to get by looking for the negative thing? What do you get to expect to get by going on social media and looking for the negative comments and, and the stuff back? What do you expect to get? You'll find them. You're searching for them. You'll find them. You'll see them. They're there. Just go and have a look for them. They're there, I promise you. I don't even do social media and they're on there. By the way, if anyone ever messaged me on social media, I know I've got an account on Facebook. I haven't been on it in about once in a year. I don't kind of go on it and stuff like that. Um, anyway, then he got up and rebuked the wind. Oh, sorry, after saying, you have so little faith. Or, oh, ye of little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves and suddenly there was a great calm. Decide now. Now. You know, maybe that situation, maybe you're not in that situation at the moment. Maybe everything's calm in your boat. Maybe the sea's all calm and it's blue skies and, and everything's perfect. I promise you there's a storm somewhere. Hopefully it's just a little one. I'm not trying to kind of say you're going to have a really terrible situation coming up in your life or anything like that. But there's a storm somewhere. Because anyone being on, on the sea, anyone know it doesn't, get, doesn't stay perfectly calm all the time? Does anyone know that? Yeah, anyone aware of that? Yeah, anyone surprised? No. Was anyone surprised when they heard there was a hurricane in, in America? No. They, ha they happen regularly every year. 
So why would we be surprised when a storm comes? Why would we be concerned when a, a problem comes? You see, I, I would suggest this, that it's not about whether the storm comes. That doesn't define you. The storm does not define you. The fact that a storm has come, that a problem has come, the fact that you've made a mistake and you've got something wrong, the fact that you couldn't see the storm 50 miles ahead, heading in your direction, does not define you. It says very little about you and who you are. But what does talk about you and who you are and where you are in your life is how you respond to that storm. Are you going to respond the way that you, you expect you should respond the way that everyone else thinks you should respond, the way that Grant Mitchell would respond out of EastEnders, the way that those people off Jeremy Kyle would respond. Are you going to respond like that? Make a decision now. Now. Make your decision now. Even if you're in the midst of the storm, decide now. What kind of person do you want to be known to be at the end of your life? What do you want them saying about you? Do you want them saying you were the kind of person that panicked and, and yeah, and they were like Grant Mitchell. You crossed him, he went at you. Or do you want, to be them, do you want them saying other things about you? Do you want them saying what amazing faith you had? Do you want them saying that no matter what happened, you couldn't be rocked? You were a pillar. You were a woman of God or a man of God. You were strong. You were full of faith. Guess what? You get to decide. You get to decide. God will tell you and give you indications and give you clues as to what you should do, but he can't decide for you. It is your life. You get to choose. You get to decide. Thank you, Jeff. You get to choose. And a great story about a young man. Is the preach started now. <laughs> Actually going into the sermon now. We're all right, we've still got a little bit of time, so I'll, I'll rush you over it, but this is the sermon now. So I heard a story about a, a young man and he went to, uh, to one of the elders. It's a kind of fictional story, but say he went to one of the elders in the church or a man of God in the church and he said, I, I, I need to, I want to know my purpose in life. I want to know what, what, what my plan in life, what's the meaning of my life? And he said, he said, follow me. Follow me. And he took him and he took him out and away and he took him to a large river. And at the river, there were prospectors panning for gold. You know, when in the kind of Midwest, when they used to kind of pan for gold and there'd be gold in the river and they'd all go there to try and get the fortune. You know what I'm on about, yeah? And he took them there and he said, he said, you're going to see three different types of people. Panning for gold. So the first type you're going to see is those people that they turn up, you'll see them, they'll come along, they'll get the pan out, they'll stick it in, boom, they've got gold straight away. They're like, wow, that's amazing. I found gold. And that's it. They live off that for the rest of their lives. They found that gold. They found it and, 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 and they, they, they use it to build their life. They use it when the storms come to, to help fix it and sort it out and all of that. They find gold. They find, they find that He says, what are the second type of people I'm going to find? So the second type of people you're going to find is those that pan for gold and they don't find it. And they're searching and they don't find it. So they keep searching and they keep searching. And then eventually they keep going because they've seen others find gold. So they know that there's gold in the river. And they keep on searching and eventually they find it. And they get what they came for. 
keep hold of it and it's theirs. He said, and then you'll find a third type of people. He said, and they're the ones that they come along and, and they start searching. And they don't find gold. And they might search for a little bit longer. They might search for a long time. Might just be for a short time. But they search and eventually they go, I'm never going to find gold. And guess what? They don't. They leave. They go. And they don't get what they came for. It's all a waste of time for them. So the, the young man, he says, well, what's, what's that got to do with my purpose in life? He explains it like this. He says, the river is the church. The river of God. Oh, sorry. The river is, is the river of God, the Holy Spirit. The river of God and the banks of the church at the side of the river, right there next to it in touching distance. And the gold is the purpose of your life, your meaning, your calling, why you're here, what God's got for you. That's the gold that's in the river. And some people, you see them, they come to church and, and literally they're, they're almost, they've come with such an expectation, such a belief, such a faith that they're gonna find what, they look, what they're looking for. They, they find it on day one, literally the very first meeting they find it. And they're all made up and they're all excited. And then others, they come and, and maybe it's a struggle for them. And they're looking at others, finding it, and they're asking questions, they're saying, I'm not finding it. But they keep on looking. They keep on searching. And eventually they find it. And they get what they came for. And then there's those third type, and they come and... Music's too loud. River's too fast. River's too slow. There's crocodiles in the river. It's crocodiles in the church, I tell you that. But anyway. <laughs> so they go, ah, this is too hard. <laughs> it's too hard, this, I'm off. I can't do this anymore. I'm going, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to leave. I don't want any of this. And they go, and they don't get what they were looking for. And the, and the young man says, but how do I know I'm going to find what I'm looking for? And the elder says this. There's gold in the river, isn't there? He says, yeah. There's gold in the river. There's gold in the river. And if you seek, you will find it. If you search, you will find it. If you knock on the door, that door will be open to you. If you ask, it will be given to you. Don't give up just because you've been searching a bit longer than someone else. Don't give up just because there's the odd difficulty. Maybe the river's a bit too fast in this season. Well, that's okay. It's only a season. Seasons come and go, don't they? Anyone surprised that it's, it's autumn coming? Anyone shocked? Anyone like, what's going on? What happened to the summer? <laughs> it's cold in the morning. That's the seasons, isn't it? They happen, they change. But guess what? If you don't like autumn, as soon as it's come, it's not long before it's gone again. Then the next one comes, and then the next one, and then the next one. Yeah. I said the other week, some people in, in winter, they freeze to death. Others build a fire, yeah. and they gather friends around, and they get warm. Some people get sunburnt in the summer. Any, any of them? I know, I know at least one person gets sunburnt in the, in the summer. Others, they get factor 50 out. <laughs> they cover themselves up, and they enjoy themselves. Or they maybe go and find the shade and they go and enjoy the shade. 
You know, I, my, my story is this, that I didn't even know there was a river. When I was young, I didn't know there was a river. I saw other people with what seemed like gold in their life, kind of mates and stuff like that. I wasn't hanging around Christian people, but, you know, when you watch the telly and you see millionaires and you see all this, all this stuff and people with nice cars and big houses and all of this kind of stuff, and, and you look and you think, wow, that's glittering. They must have gold. And I thought, oh, it must just be in life that some people have gold and some people don't. That's the way it is. Or it must just be in life that it's a bit of a lottery. Anyone do the lottery? Anyone do the lottery? Anyone? Is there anyone in here that does the lottery? Just give your money to me instead. Don't bother doing the lottery. What are you doing? Honestly, give your money to me. You've got more chance of winning a million pounds. Honestly. Some people think it's a lottery whether they're going to win or not. They think, oh, you know, gold is just chance whether we get it. And I thought it was like that. I thought it was just chance. And then I discovered two things. I discovered there was a river. I discovered there was a God. And that he had gold in his river. And his gold was the meaning for my life. And the purpose of my life, why I'm here and what it's about. And I suddenly discovered that it wasn't about whether I had a big house or a small house. Paul said, I've learned to prosper in much, I've learned to prosper in little. Jeff knows me. We've had the tough times, we've had the good times, haven't we, Jeff? We've had the highs, we've had the lows, you name it. It's not the good times or the bad times that make life. It's the meaning. It's what God's got for your life. And when you know the meaning of your life, when you know why God's got you here, when you've got that gold, suddenly your life is exceptional. It's exceptional because it's the meaning of your life that makes it exceptional. Like that gold in Genesis, exceptional. Not what you've got, none of those things. And then I I thought, I realised At first I realised just that there was a river but I didn't know how to get the gold from it and it took a couple of years until I I suddenly thought hey I might try that church thing out because I've tried everything else and I don't seem to be finding it and I went to church and I found the gold I found the meaning I found the meaning of my life God showed me the meaning of my life and he showed it me in the church it was in the church that I found it. I've been scarred, I've been battered, I've been bruised, I've had blessings, I've had curses, you name it, I've had it all. But I found the gold, I found the meaning of my life and I found it in the church because it's the church that's next to the river of God. It's the church that are on the banks of the river of God. It's the people. And you know, there's two major purposes for the church. One is to, is to make that, that, the banks of the river, to make them accessible so that when people come to them, they're there and they can dip in and they can find the gold. They can find the gold. And the other one is to go, is to go away from the river and go off out to the desert to find those people that are, that are starving, that are thirsty, that are weary, they're weak. They're being punished by the heat in a dry and weary land. But to tell them there's a river, there's a river. And as you go to it, if you come to this river, there's gold for you. It's refreshing. It'll give you life because the life isn't in the desert. 
You won't find life in the desert. You won't find life in the desert. And some of you, you've, you've come along. Some, some Christians, they've come, they've come along, they've come to church, they've found their gold, they've found their meaning, they've found their life, they've found their strength. And then they've gone off to the desert to live it. Yeah. Gone to live it in the desert. Yeah. And suddenly the gold's tarnished. Yeah. It's lost its luster. Suddenly it doesn't gleam and, and look as good anymore. And it's, it's just rusty and horrible because they took the gold to the desert and they've set up camp there and they're living there. And they've forgotten that the gold came from the river. The gold came from the river. And I'm not saying you can't meet with God without the church. Of course you can. It's a personal relationship that we have with God. But God, if you believe in God, then understand this. The whole of the New Testament was written to, for, and about the church. The whole lot. Jesus described the church as his bride. That's us, his bride. He said, I'm the head and the church is the body. There can't be any greater connection than that. The church, the church is where we find it. The church is where we get refreshed. And it's not that we're never meant to leave these four walls and go off to the desert and bring people in. Of course we're meant to do that. We're just not meant to go and live in the desert. Come on. We live here. We live here, we live here on the banks of the river, on the banks of the river. And I realised that, the other thing I realised, or the very first thing I realised was this, that not everything that glitters is gold. Not everything that glitters is gold. Just because someone's got a, a, a million pounds in the bank, just because they seem to be living the, 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 the celebrity lifestyle, doesn't mean that that's true gold. That's not true gold. That's fool's gold. It's fool's gold. And some people have made a life out of that only to get to the end of it thinking that they've got gold and realising they've got nothing. It's like the sand of the desert. It just slips through the fingers and suddenly it's gone and they're left with nothing. No meaning, no purpose, nothing. And the other thing that I realised was this, and I want to tell you this morning, there's gold for everyone. There's gold in the river. The river is full of gold. There's gold there for it. And if you will seek it, you will find it. It's in there. Yes, there's an enemy. Yes, he's sown seeds of, of weeds and all of that stuff. Yes, there is all of those things as well. But there's still gold in the river because God's put gold in the river and there's more gold in the, in the river than there are weeds in the river because the river's flowing, flowing, constantly flowing, constantly flowing. And some of you have, have kind of got your gold and you've realised you've got it and you're kind of clutching onto it. But what you've not realised is that, hey, God wants you to show others, show others how they can find their gold. Help others to find their meaning and their purpose in life. That they find out what true gold is. That they discover what the true meaning of life is. 
Some of you have found gold and you've left. Some of you, your gold has lost its luster because what was once beautiful has now been tarnished and polluted by the world. Some of you have found your gold, but once you've got it, you've, you've left and you've not helped others to find it. Some of you have ran off in excitement with your gold and you've spent it on yourselves, not realising that it wasn't just for you, but that your gold is for the benefit of others. You see, it's only when you use your gold for others as well as yourself. It's only when everyone's getting blessed, everyone around you is getting blessed by your gold. That's the only time when your gold truly sparkles and shines. And it does, and it does. Come on, Joyce. Come on, someone's listening. <laughs> the river is God and the banks of the church and we're the people. Yeah. We're the prospectors looking for gold and those out there are the ones in the desert Maybe they've been in here at one point and they've left and, and they've got lost and they're astray and they don't know where they are. But you want to live an exceptional life and a truly, truly exceptional life, a life of purpose, a life of meaning, a life that when you get to the very end of it, you know that it meant something. You want to be happy. You want to be joyous in any situation, whether the storms come or whether the seas are calm and the sun's shining and it's blue waters and blue skies. No matter what, if you want to learn to prosper in the much and prosper in little, then find the gold. The gold is the meaning of your life. The gold is your calling. The gold is what God wants from you. The gold is why you were created. The gold is why you're here. And it's gold. It's gold. It's absolute gold. Because once you know, suddenly everything has meaning. Everything has meaning. When you're going through the storm, when the difficult times come, it's got a meaning because you know why you're here. Because you can go to God and you can say, God, help me in this. How does this fit in with the plan? How does this fit in with the purpose and what you've called me to do? And guess what? We don't just find gold once. We keep finding it more and more and more. It's not that we come here and we get gold once and that's it. No, we keep getting gold. God keeps giving us more and more and more. And the more you take your gold and you use it for others, the more you bless others with your gold. Guess what? Jesus said this. He says, to whom um, little, uh, what he says now, about if, you, if you're faithful with little, I'll give you much. That's the one I was searching for. I nearly went with the to whom much is given, much is required, but that one's true as well in this one. If you're faithful with the little, I will give you more, more. Do you get this? Anyone getting this? Come on. Did you hear me at the beginning when I said to you, you know, if I was in your position, I'd be up on my feet. If you look at me, there's a reason why we stand at the front and not at the side or at the back or whatever. I stand there, if you look at me, I stand there with my arms up in the air in the worship. I'm praising God, I'm dancing, I'm jumping up and down. Because guess what? The more I do that, the more I get out of it. Do you realise that? The more I do that, the more I get out of it. If you listen to me on the front row when someone's preaching, it don't matter who it is. I'm sat there with this, making notes. Yeah. 
I'm taking it down. I'm searching for what God's got for me. What is it that he wants to say to me? I'm looking for it. I'm listening. I'm asking God. And guess what? He gives it to me. Every single message. I'm sat there and I'm encouraging and I'm amening and I'm saying, yeah, that's it. That's right. That's brilliant. That's really, really good. Because I'm encouraging the preacher because I know the more I encourage them, the more I'm going to get blessed as well. What is the quality of your life? Are you living a truly exceptional life? What is the quality of your life? Is your life based on the roller coaster of other people's emotions? other people's expectations, what they think you should be doing with your life and how they feel and think that you should be reacting? Are you constantly bowing to that peer pressure of how you should respond in a situation, panicking when things go wrong, getting angry when other people offend you? Or have you made a decision? Have you sought the gold? Have you found the meaning? Have you made a decision on how you're going to live your life based on the infallible truth of the Bible? It's eternal. It's lasted. It's, it's outlived kingdoms. It's outlived presidents. It's outlived empires and emperors, kings and queens. It's outlived them all. The, the rock stars and the great and the good and the paupers, all of them. But any of them that have searched it, it's raised them up. God has raised them up. Anyone that's gone to the river, they've found the gold if they've stayed. They've found it in the end. Have you had a touch from heaven on your life? Have you had that touch of heaven on your life? Has God blessed you? Have you had that moment of, of revelation? the touch of heaven, the touch of God on your life, the anointing that suddenly just lifts you up and raises you. When did you have it? How long ago is it since you last had it? How fresh is it? Is it still gleaming? Or have you taken it to the desert? Has it lost its luster? Is it tarnished by the world? by others has someone else taken your pearls and underfoot then come back to God come back to him and ask him for more and you might say but Barry how do I know I'm going to get it I would just say this to you there's gold in the river there's gold in the river come on band